Did you know that you can live a life that's even better than the highest rank your company has to offer? My name is Emily Gibson. I'm a master network marketer and a certified life coach. There is more beyond the rank. And if you're willing to go with me, I can show you how. Let's go. Hey there, everybody. How's your week going? How was month end? What did you think about where your points ended? I'm curious. Did you look at the points in your back office and think, wow, that's a lot? Or did you look and think, I'm not growing, I'm staying the same? Or did you look and think, that's not enough? Or did you look and think something totally different? Or did you avoid looking altogether? There's so many different ways that we can think about that circumstance. The points in your back office, though, are not causing you any pain. They are just your circumstance. And when you have a thought about them, that's when you give it meaning. And that's where you create a feeling. Pain, embarrassment, exhaustion, burnout, happiness, excited, empowerment, confident. Remember, your thoughts create your feelings. And ultimately, what you're thinking is what is going to end up as your result. So where do you want your points to end on April 30th? Whatever your goal is, you can put that into the circumstance line and then see what you think about it because that is the current model that you are operating from. Whatever your thought is, for example, if your goal is to rank up this month and you put that amount of points, like let's say, for example, you need 750 points to hit your goal for April. And you put in the circumstance line, your goal, 750 points by April 30th, then you're going to have a thought about it. It's going to be something like, that's totally doable. I'm going to fly past that. Or it's going to be something like, wow, that's a lot. I'm never going to be able to do that. And then what feeling is generated by whatever you're thinking? One word emotion goes in your feeling line. From there, What actions are you going to take when you're feeling insecure? What do you do? Do you avoid having a team call to set your goals because you're feeling less than or not confident? You're feeling insecure. You're feeling ashamed. You might be feeling excited. And what do you do when you're excited? Do you schedule a team call? Do you do a goal setting call? Notice what your behavior is depending on what you're thinking the feeling that that's creating and the action you take after it. Then what is the result? For example, if you're thinking something like, wow, that's a lot of points, I'm never going to make it. Then your result is going to be something if we put it into the full model and we get a feeling and we get some actions and some behaviors from you, your result is going to be something along the lines of, I don't create my own success. Because there's no possible way that you thinking that it's impossible is going to deliver your goal unless 
you are extremely disciplined and use willpower every single day to create your goal, which is possible. And I have seen it done before. However, it's not sustainable. So those people often fall back in points. They quit, they peter off. And maybe that's you listening here. Maybe that's happened to you and you're thinking, oh, all is lost. I don't want to ever go through that again. I hope you'll come get coached on that. I would love to coach you on that because that current model, what you're thinking right now is the only thing keeping you from the results you want to get in your life, from your next rank up, from a bigger paycheck, from leading the team of your dreams. You can always go to my website, emilygibsoncoaching.com backslash shop. You can take a test drive of my coaching program by purchasing Train Your Brain for $19. From the date of your purchase, you have 14 days to watch five trainings from me all about this. And if you purchase a membership to Beyond the Rank, my membership training program, within that time period, using a special code that I give you when you watch those trainings, then you can put that $19 that you paid for the five-day training, train your brain, where we rewire your brain. You can put that $19 towards your first month in Beyond the Rank. So you essentially get it for $40 instead of $59 your first month. So I love the five-day train your brain challenge because it gives you an opportunity to just kind of get your feet wet without fully committing. So you can see the power of rewiring your brain. Okay, enough about that. What I wanted to talk to you about today is being a good mom. Now, some of you just felt a lot of shame. Some of you cringed. Some of you smiled and were really happy and confident with what you thought about it. And whatever you did was totally right. It's not even wrong. It is the current model that you are mothering from. I remember watching the Oprah show from the time I was 14 years old, maybe even 13, every single day until Oprah went off the air. When I was, I had young, young children, young babies, a lot of little kids. I remember watching recorded Oprah episodes that I had to record on my VHS because we were so poor, we couldn't afford TiVo, which was what existed before DVR, which is what existed before Netflix and on demand. (laughs) For those of you who haven't been around since 1982, like me. And so I remember recording episodes of Oprah every day so that I could watch them while I was nursing my babies. And at one point, she had a mom on the show who was a principal at her school. And she had a horrible, she made a horrible, horrible mistake. She was driving to, I think, like an early morning staff meeting, and they had left their house a little bit earlier than normal. So she, had to go do something else first before dropping her young child. I can't remember the age of the child, but very young, definitely no older than five. I want to say maybe like 18 months, 24 months, just a little tiny baby. And 
so she ended up doing something else instead of dropping her child off at daycare because they were too early to go to daycare. Like the daycare wasn't open yet or whatever. And so she went to work and got out of her car, got all of her things and went in and had her day at work. And where she worked, it was very hot this time of year. And she ended up leaving her child in the car. She forgot that the child was with her because it was out of her routine. And the child died in the car from heat. And I'll never forget watching them play some of the replay of the video surveillance camera on the school grounds on the playground. I'm like even getting emotional thinking about it. But I remember watching like someone, someone found the child dead in the car. They saw through the window what had happened and they realized what had happened and they went inside to tell this mother, you know, what had happened. And she came running out of the school in a panic, like any of us would. And then they took her, eventually they took her to the police station for questioning and they showed video surveillance of her in the police station as well. And at this point she was on the Oprah show and Oprah was interviewing her. And in the police station though, when they showed the video recordings of her in the police station, she was just distraught, obviously. And she kept saying over and over again, what kind of a mother am I? Good moms don't do this. And I remember Oprah's pointing out after they watched the video, I remember her pointing out, you know, we all have this idea and this image of what a good mom is. And so what I want to ask you today is what is a good mom in your brain? What does she look like? How does she act? What does she do? Think about it. Because many of us have this completely unrealistic fantasy creature in our minds of what a good mom is. And because we have this ideal of who she is that doesn't even exist, we can't ever measure up to that. And we're always holding ourselves in comparison to this good mom that exists, especially Christian women. I feel like we really take it to a whole new level of shame and guilt. Wouldn't you say? (laughs) These are, of course, just my thoughts. I'm sure it exists in other religions as well. But to all the Christian mamas like myself out there, you know what I'm talking about. So the reason why I bring this up on the podcast is because when I started having children, and then I'll get to the point about my business, but when I started having children, I remember writing a blog post about a good mom. My first baby was, I don't know, gosh, like maybe eight months old, nine months old. And he had been the fussiest baby. I remember when he was three weeks old, taking him to, or maybe six weeks old, taking him to church for the first time. And he cried the entire three hours. And there had been another baby in our congregation that was born just like two weeks before him. 
And I remember sitting in church, looking at that other baby who was just sitting in his car seat sleeping. And then there was my baby that was literally screaming and crying like he was dying the whole time. And the thought that was in my mind the entire time was, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm such a bad mom. If I were a good mom, my baby wouldn't be crying. If I were a good mom, my baby would be sleeping through the night. If I were a good mom, he wouldn't be fussy. If I were a good mom, I'd be making more breast milk. If I were a good mom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what I realized after eight or nine months of processing all of this and going through five months of a colicky baby that literally cried for 18 hours a day for the first five months of his life. Oh, that was a hard and challenging time for me. And what I, as I reflected on that around month eight or nine, I, it had been four or five months of sleeping. I feel that really helped me process that. But when I finally started sleeping again and I felt like I was finding my own kind of coming into my own as as a young mother, I was gosh, 25 at the time. First baby had been married for five years, was living in my cousin's basement while my husband went to physical therapy school. And I remember thinking, what is a good mom? Like I'm a good mom. I sit and I bathe my baby every day. We go for walks. I change his clothes. I brush his hair. I trim his toenails. But yet, why do I keep feeling like I'm such a bad mom all the time? Right. And I didn't have life coaching back then, but here I was looking for what else is true. Right. I was talking to my personal coach. I have, I'm in a coaching program similar to the one that I created in beyond the rank. And then I also have uh, a coach that I do private coaching with. And she, um, I was telling her in my coaching session last week, I was like, I've feel like I've always been a life coach. I just didn't know there was a name for it. Cause I always have been really interested in curiosity and wondering. And when I was a school teacher, I had like a wondering wall where my kids could go and sit and ask questions and be curious and things like that. Anyway. So that was when I was a new mom. And then I struggled with that on and off for for years and years and years and years, always felt guilty about letting my kids watch too much television. I remember calling my grandma joy and we would talk on the phone every Saturday while my husband worked at the physical therapy clinic and I was alone and I just wanted Saturdays to be different. So on Saturday mornings, I would let my kids watch television and I would call my grandma joy. And we would talk for two hours on the phone. And she would always tell me the story of when she was newly married to my grandpa And they were in the service. He was in the service, the armed services. And they bought their first home with their GI grant. And they didn't have a lot of money. And so she told me, she said, Emily, I hope you're buying yourself a little something extra. I know money's tight for you guys, but I hope you're getting yourself a little something every single week. She said, when when I had a young family, I would buy a lipstick at the grocery store every week, a different color, a little, little lipstick, a little dollar lipstick, a little 50 cents lipstick or whatever it cost back then, right? A quarter, whatever. And she ended up being diagnosed with Alzheimer's and that's ultimately how she passed away. But at the time, I always, I didn't even think it was weird that she told me the same lipstick story every single week. Like I had not heard it before, but I I actually loved that she told me the same story every week. It was just part of the routine. She was very with it emotionally, mentally. So you didn't even, you didn't even think that 
it was odd that she was telling you the same story and that she'd forgotten, right? Like she's like 80 years old. Of course they forget, right? So anyway, I would call and I would talk to her about how guilty I felt letting my kids watch television. And she said to me one day, she said, Emily, are you bathing your children? And I said, well, yes. She said, are you cuddling with them sometimes when you watch a movie? And I said, yes, but sometimes I'm cleaning or doing laundry or showering. And she said, those are all really important things for you to do every day. She said, are you feeding them? Are you clothing them? I said, yes, 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 yes. She said, you are such a good mom. She said, you're loving them. You're nurturing them. And so allowing them to watch two hours of television in the morning is not being a bad mom. You're just loving them. And after years and years and years of her saying that to me, I finally started to believe it. And I finally released that guilt. Now I don't even feel guilty when I let my kids watch television because it's, it's not something that I believe makes me a bad mom anymore. Right now I start my business in 2015 and I start working all the time and I have so much mom guilt. I remember just living, eating, sleeping my business. I would not recommend doing it that way. I have found a different way to work my business that is much more fulfilling without burnout, that is actually peaceful, that has made me more successful, that's doubled my income in the last year. I teach you all of it in my coaching community, Beyond the Rank. Please join me there. It will change your life forever. However, back then, I was working, you know, 17 hours a day, just nonstop. And I had so much guilt. I had so much guilt and judgment of myself because I had always believed that for me, not for others, I had friends that worked and I never thought they were bad moms for working. I just thought that's what they had to do. They had to work. They had to help provide for their family. But I was a good mom because I was a stay-at-home mom and my kids were my number one priority. And I felt like I was just fulfilling exactly what I believed as a Christian woman, a Christian mother should do. And I felt so confident and empowered and validated in doing it. I never questioned if my work as a mom, as a stay-at-home mom, like I knew it was the exact right thing to do. And I never thought it was that it was wrong that I didn't work. I knew I didn't want to work. And so then when I started working, I had all of this weird criticism and judgment of self come up for myself, just in my head. And I remember thinking to myself constantly, you shouldn't be working. We shouldn't be doing this. We should be doing other things. We should be reading to our kids more. We should be cleaning our house more. We should be cleaning the baseboards of our house. We should be doing the laundry during the day. We shouldn't be doing this. This isn't what a good Christian mom does, right? I shouldn't be adding more to my plate. I need to be focusing more on my children. This is wrong. This is bad. I felt a tremendous amount of shame and embarrassment around it. And I felt that way for like 18 months. And around 18 months, my husband finally said, we have to get some help in our house. We need some help. Someone needs to come and do the homework with the kids. We need some help with laundry. We need some help like taking care of the kids because you're just working and that's fine. He did, he was fine with it. He didn't have any criticism of it. 
but he was like, we need a little bit of help here. He's like, cause I want you to be able to work the way you want to work, but we also need to like be able to walk through our laundry room. <laughs> He's like, and you can't just keep buying new underwear for us to avoid laundry. Cause that's what I did during that time. I was like, we don't even need to do laundry. I'll just go buy new underwear. And it worked great, <laughs> but also it was causing other problems in our life. Right. And so he hired someone to come and help us. Her name was Amelia and she was amazing. And then we had Millie. Then we had a few other people that we felt that we, you know, we didn't like, like as much and didn't, didn't jam with as much. And then we had another, and then we had more people and then they had Millie for a really long time. And then Millie went on a church service mission and, and then we have had new people come and go over the years and everything. And anyway, it was so interesting to me because I never felt guilty having one of my cousins babysit my kids. But when I had Amelia babysit my kids, when I paid her to babysit my kids, I felt so guilty. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, what kind of a mother am I? Who allows someone else to watch their kids and take care of their kids? And I would ask myself questions like, am I following God's plan? Am I doing what God wants me to do? And of course, anytime you ask your brain a question like that, it's going to answer it. And the way my brain answered it was, no, you're not following God's plan. No, what you're doing is wrong. No, you shouldn't be doing this. And not in a way of like spiritual inspiration, because I do believe in, you know, praying and receiving personal revelation from God. And this was not that type of personal revelation. There's personal revelation where you feel like a burning in your heart where you feel like God is telling you and something and speaking to you. And that's not what this was. This was just my brain asking questions and then my brain answering it in a way that was very painful to me. Right. So it was like me saying like, Oh my gosh, what kind of a mother are you? And my brain would say a bad one, one that must not love her children one that's selfish and see these types of questions that we ask our brains and the answers that we answer with like this, it's very indulgent, right? It, it sets us up for unnecessary pain and suffering. And so whatever, wherever you're at, whatever model you're in, like if you're beating yourself up for working and you feel like you're a terrible mom, I just want to point out to you that those are all thoughts. First of all, you thinking I'm a terrible mom because I'm a working mom is just your thought. It's all a made up story that you're choosing to believe. And maybe you like your reasons for it. And I'm not saying you shouldn't or can't think it. You totally can. You can keep believing that as long as you want. However, how is it making you feel? If it's making you feel depressed, deflated, defeated, And from that emotion, you are showing up as a mom in your behavior as one that's like moping around, you know, pitying herself all the time, beating herself up all the time. Then you're not going to be the version of yourself as a mom that you really want anyway. So what I'm suggesting is that instead of believing that you are a terrible mom because you work. I want you to start questioning yourself and asking yourself questions like, what else is true about me? And this is a lesson that my grandmother taught me decades ago, right? Over a decade ago. What else is true about you? Do you love your children? How do you know? 
Your children don't need a hundred percent perfect Mary Poppins mom to feel loved. You don't need to be Mary Poppins mom to be a good mom, but yet that's who we think we should be, right? Should we? Should we be a made up fictional character in order to be a good mom? I don't think so. I think I am a 50% amazing mom and I'm a 50% totally a mess mom. And sometimes I really like the way I show up as a mom. And other times I'm kind of disappointed with how I show up. But one of the things that I always like to remind myself is I'm never going to be perfect mom, right? Like that's impossible. And my children need me to show up as a 50-50 mom. And it's totally okay. Sometimes I lose my temper. Sometimes I am selfish. Sometimes I eat my daughter's burrito that she's been saving in the fridge. And then I tell her, I don't know what happened to it. (laughs) It happened one time during COVID, okay? One time. And it was essential that I ate that burrito because otherwise I was going to hurt somebody. Not really, but I felt like I was going to. I just needed that carne asada burrito smothered in sour cream and salt. And I had a Dr. Pepper with it and it got me through the month of April, 2020. (laughs) And like, that's what I needed that day. And I don't even have any judgment or criticism for that version of me. I'm like that mom, she knew that mom that I was that day. She knew how to take care of herself in a pandemic, in a global pandemic She knew how to take care of herself. And you know what that tells me now? I know how to have my own back now too. Because I know that good thing I had a burrito in the fridge that could take care of me that day. Because man, I was taking care of everybody else living in quarantine. And I just needed a burrito with some salt and some sour cream and some carne asada in it, right? And my daughter, I remember when she realized that I was eating her burrito she came up to me and she yelled and screamed at the top of her lungs. She was so mad. And she was like, you're the worst mom ever. And I was like, yep, I sure am. And I just kept eating the burrito, just eating the burrito, eating the burrito. And you know what? Sometimes I'm the worst mom ever. And sometimes I'm the best mom ever. I'm a 50-50 mom. And if you were a stay-at-home mom that didn't work, you'd still be a 50-50 mom. And when you're a working mom, you're still a 50-50 a mom. So whether you're working or whether you're not working, you're a 50-50 mom. I want you to make a list of what is true about you as a mom. Tell me how I know that you love your kids. If I didn't know you and you had to write me a letter, like this is how you'd know I love my kids, what would it say? For me, it would be like, I pray for my kids every day. I love them so much. I work so hard in my business to provide them the life that I want to live with them. And it doesn't mean money all the time. Sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't, right? Like I am such a good mom because I have connection with my kids in the very little time that I get to see them every day, right? Because they're getting older now. So they're in school the majority of the day. And then they have dance or football or ninja at night. And so my time with them is actually very limited, but they know I love them and I love them fiercely. And I also work full time. 
right? But we also know, we also have family time. I show them how to balance things. I show them how to be totally out of balance and then how to realign yourself after you've been totally out of balance. I've shown them what it looks like to be in complete burnout. And by the way, burnout is just a feeling and it's created by your thoughts. And I can help you with that too in Beyond the Rink. But if you join me there, but what I'm saying is that through your mistakes as a working mom, as a stay-at-home mom, whatever it is, through your mistakes, you're showing them your love. You're showing them your imperfection. You're showing them how to be a 50-50 human, which is what they are and always will be. And it's what you are and you always will be. It's what we all are, what we all always will be. It's why we have the atonement because we make mistakes. It was always part of the plan when we chose to come to earth and we gained a body that God created for us. It was always part of the plan for us to be imperfect humans. There's only one perfect human, our older brother, Christ. He's the only one. All of us, the rest of us, bunch of mistake makers, right? 50-50 humans. Okay. So are you a good mom? What is What is useful about asking that question? How do we know if you're a good mom? You just decide to think it. So what do you want to think about yourself? Do you want to think that you're a good mom? Do you want to think you're a terrible mom? Do you want to experience shame? Do you want to experience embarrassment? Do you want to experience doubt when you think about yourself as a mom? Sometimes you might want to. Not saying you shouldn't. Sometimes I do too. But what would be so empowering for you is if in those moments where you're feeling shame and you're thinking, I shouldn't be working. This isn't, this isn't right. Moms should be at home with their kids, whatever, whatever, whatever. Make a list of things that are also true on that list of mine, because now I don't feel badly as a working mom 99% of the time. Of course, I still have a time where I'm like, whoa, this week was way out of whack. You guys, I'm so sorry. I didn't like that. Right. Of course, I still have those times. I own three businesses for heaven's sakes. I'm going to have days like that sometimes. But for the most part, I'm able to sort of like reel myself back in because I think, you know what? Like I'm a working mom, which means my husband is here all the time. My kids have a relationship with my husband that they would have never had if I had never decided to do my network marketing business. They get to know their dad as more than someone that just is here for a little bit of time at night and a little bit of time on the weekends. He gets to be a huge major player in their life because I work. We get to travel because I work. We get to spend more time as a family and with our extended family because I work. We get to live a debt-free life because I work. We get to have experiences that we would never have because I work. I get to have a closer, more honest relationship with my children because I work and I show them more of my imperfections because I work, right? Like it's all a win-win, all of it. And I just want to point that out to you today. I could probably record a three-hour podcast episode on good moms and what, what we think about it. And I would love, I, I'm going to interview someone about this one day because it's such a good conversation to have. 
and to assess where you're at on this journey of understanding that you're a good mom just because you had a child and you love them. That's all we need, right? So anyway, I'm going to end that now. But I hope that you will consider yourself to be, give yourself a little bit more credit than maybe you're giving yourself as a working mom because you're doing okay. You're doing okay. You're doing great. And I just want to tell you that today. Have an amazing week. Bye-bye. Who is your life coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual program called Beyond the Rank that I want to invite you to join me in. We can address challenges, we can work on goals, and we can do it in so many different ways. We have group coaching, individual private coaching, and hundreds of hours of online courses and content that I'm creating just for you. When you're ready to take what you're learning on the podcast to the 10X level, then come check out Beyond the Rank at emilygibsoncoaching.com.